You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition, this new series, actually, of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're going to spend 20 episodes talking about the mystery of the church. And I know that uh, that may not seem to be a super exciting or revelatory uh, idea to some of you, but when you get done with this, if you'll follow me through all 20 of these episodes, you'll be blown away at how much more clear your understanding of God and His program will be. I will tell you this, I have been known for teaching on end times uh, in the past, and this is one of the best contributions that I can make to this subject, teaching you about the significance, the role, the place of the church. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Some of the things we're going to cover, you're going to think, well, I knew that already. But I will tell you this, it's going to be very helpful to go back and reestablish our knowledge of the foundation of this amazing institution that Christ put on the earth. It is his body. It's not just a, a club, an organization. It's not just a man-made group of people. It is the body of Christ. So I want to read to you our text, Matthew 16, 18. This is the NIV. And on this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The people of God who lived under the old covenant had absolutely no understanding, no foreknowledge of the church at all. Even the prophets didn't see it coming. Uh, I'll show you that in a minute and why I make such a bold claim. God actually hid two identities in establishing his program. Number one, he hid the identity of Christ. Uh, if Christ would have been fully known and recognized, he wouldn't have been able to do much in the beginning because he would have been killed immediately. You see how much opposition came against him. Over uh, 12, 13, 14 different attempts to kill the Messiah while he was ministering in Israel, not to mention uh, at his birth. And so uh, God had to hide the bringing forth of the Messiah and cloak him so that he could do his work. In fact, that still happens today. Very often, people who accomplish the most on planet Earth are the ones who fly beneath the radar. And I, I, I've often believed that that some of the people who collect the most attack and uh, who stir up the most uh, uh, controversy and the, the ones who get a lot of attention, very often they are... <laughs> <laughs> they are just running interference for the people who are doing the real work. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, I want you to see what Jesus did, how he brought this about. And Jesus was really big on places. And uh, Israel was not a big country. It's only about 50 miles wide and 250 miles long. And the good portion of the southern part was desert. So uh, there was a whole hunk of territory that they didn't need to go to. So he's operating in a, in a piece of ground about 50 by 200 miles at the most. And uh, he took his disciples on journeys throughout this area. And he saved locations to teach specific things. And here's a good example of this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, this is not to be confused with the seaport Caesarea on the Mediterranean Sea to the west, 
This is over in the east to the north of the Jordan River. It's at the foot of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is significant because it is a, a legend, uh, a tradition, probably a, a based upon some truth, that this was the place where the fallen angels who saw the daughters of men and wanted to change themselves uh, into being able to step into the human race and corrupt it, and, and uh, there are different opinions on that as well, but the, the Mount Hermon was supposedly the place where they fell. At any rate, Caesarea Philippi, particularly at a place called Banyas, and uh, that's what the Arabs call it because they don't pronounce the P in their language. It was really Panyas, named after Pan or Pan, the Greek god of wine and debauchery, and this is where Jesus took his disciples because this was a very dark, dark, occultic place. And, and Jesus was not the least bit afraid of it. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say that you're John the Baptist, some Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, that's Aramaic, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And as I taught you in the very first series of this podcast, this statement has nothing to do with uh, uh, you were not taught this by a man. Jesus is saying you didn't learn this through your five physical senses. It wasn't through something you saw, heard, touched, smelt, or felt. Uh, you didn't get it that way. But my Father, which is in heaven, revealed this to you. This is revelation knowledge versus sense knowledge. And it was revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Messiah. He could see that. And Jesus went on to say, And I say unto you that you are Peter, Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They were at a place known as the gates of hell. And this is one of the occultic strongholds in the region. And then Jesus said, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And what are the keys of the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's revelation knowledge. Revelation gives you a key to deal in spiritual things. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That was not given to Peter exclusively. It belongs to any believer who operates in revelation knowledge. And as a result, steps into authority, understands his place and understands his strength and, and the seat that he's been put in, and understands that he has authority over the gates of hell. And so uh, Jesus said that he was going to build his church. This was a mystery, total mystery. And, and what it means is that, that most of the people alive at the time had no idea it was coming. And it is going to be the single biggest change on earth that has ever been wrought. It's going to be huge. The church is going to change the history of the world. Not because of what it is by itself, but by what Christ does through it. Because it's His, His bride. And He empowers it. He inhabits it. He indwells it. He promises to be in the midst of the church. So He wanted them to see that this was the thing that he was coming to do. Now, 
Jesus didn't reveal this to the disciples from day one. He took some time. There were three things that he wanted them to see. Number one, he wanted them to see the fulfillment of the scriptures. Listen to me. Anybody, anybody, I don't care who it is, anybody who wants to bring you closer to God is a person who is going to explain scriptures to you and not just one or two picked here, picked there, but loads of scriptures to show you how they interlock, that they say the same things, not obscure texts here and there where you don't build major doctrines on a minor text that appears only once or twice uh, an idea in the scripture, not saying it isn't important, but when God wants to do a major thing, He supports it with major revelation. And that is what Christ is bringing out here. And He's revealing the Scriptures. He's showing them the Scriptures. Number two, He is showing them signs and wonders. He is showing them that where the Word of God goes, signs and wonders follow. The, the signs and wonders don't follow us. They follow the Word that we preach. The Lord working with them and following uh, the signs and wonders is the idea that's communicated in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. They went everywhere preaching the word, and it says, and the, the Lord worked with them, confirming them with signs and wonders. And I think what he was confirming was the word and what they were preaching. All right, so they had plenty of signs and wonders. Jesus was showing them that he had God's approval in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This is God's stamp of approval. There will be fruit. There will be change. There will be an evidence of God's hand on people when they're called of God. Third thing, loving character. And that's what they saw about Jesus, that Jesus was full of love. That doesn't mean he was a weenie. doesn't mean that he had no opinions. It doesn't mean that he let people run over him because he certainly didn't. But Jesus operated in love. Forceful? Yes. But compassionate? Absolutely. And that's what they see in Jesus. These things, the scriptures, the signs and wonders, and his character. All those things confirmed his identity. There were prophets who'd come before, but nobody had all three of these things, operating to the extent that they were operating. Nobody had it. Nobody had it like Jesus. It's just amazing. Now, Jesus gave them fruit to see to confirm his identity. This is so very important. And uh, he uh, <clears throat> showed them stuff where it was proof by many infallible proofs the Bible says he worked with. So uh, Christ never led with a title. The t listen to me. Yes, did he claim the title of Messiah? Yes, he did. He claimed the Messiah's title. He claimed being son of David. He accepted that title when people conferred that on him. He accepted that. That's what the Messiah was. But he didn't lead with it. It wasn't the first thing that he said out of the box. Great leaders don't lead with titles. They lead with fruit. They lead with evidence. They lead with word. And uh, people then don't have to come along after them and say, well, I wonder if he was a prophet. If someone really is a prophet, you know they're a prophet. If someone really is a pastor, you can see the fruit of being a pastor. If someone is an evangelist, you can see the fruit of the evangelist. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to preach your title in order to have your office. Your office is confirmed by the fruit that you bear. Now, 
God loves to do these things. Uh, and, and what I'm talking about, He loves to go to the places where Satan appears strong and just wipe him out. And here, here we go. This is Exodus chapter 14. This is right before the crossing of the Red Sea. So I want you to see the character of God here. And the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, speak to the children of Israel that they may turn and camp before uh, Roth, And I, I'm sure I mispronounced that. And between Migdol, that means fortress, and the sea over against Baal-Zephon. Before it shall you encamp by the sea. This is where they crossed the Red Sea. God led them there. And there was a mountain there called Baal-Zephon, or place. And it means Baal of the north, the Lord of the north. And God did the Red Sea crossing right there in the face of Baal. He said, I'm coming to challenge you. It was Satan who had held God's people in bondage in Egypt. And so God came to completely humiliate him. And that's what I love about how the Lord works. He loves to humiliate the powers of darkness. Now, all of these things were surprises. And I want to confirm to you that the church was a big, big surprise because Paul said it was in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, Ephesians 3.1, I'm reading NIV, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. And reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations." as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is through the gospel that Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, member of one body and sharers together in the promise of Jesus. This idea that Gentiles could be brought in without becoming Jewish proselytes, they could be part of Christ, brought into the church. Total mystery. Nobody understood it. Brand new idea. So, what I want you to see from this, the church was something that nobody saw coming. Even the 12 disciples didn't see it coming. It grew up around them, and they jumped in because they could see the hand of God on it, but it was a complete surprise. It's all the time I have for today, but we're certainly not done with this, so don't miss tomorrow because we're going to talk about how important this is in your life and how it affects you. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.